0: To the Forest School podcast with Lewis Ames and Gemma Sutherland.
1: I'm going to try and do the uh, do your theme music as it. um
2: oh, I was going to go for a yoo-hoo.
1: Fun guy, guys, a fun guy, guys. But I don't know the lyrics in the next bit. I'm afraid. That's Isn't all
3: right. It? I'm not sure that that's worthy of singing anyway. It's, it's probably quite egotistical. <laughs>
1: Cool, thank you so much for uh, joining us.
3: You're very welcome. It's uh, it's all exciting times, you know, it's particularly fungal at the moment and people seem to be, you know, catching on to that in waves and it's really exciting to be a part of that. So uh, nice that people are interested, especially when it's education and the youth and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the perfect time of year for it, isn't it? Um, the reason that we made contact with one another was because I emailed the... British Mycological is that the right word? Or yeah, my keep
3: going keep going. You've society. society. Yeah, what? you smashed it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah.
1: Because and I don't even know why it was like it was like a fungal network. I was gonna say it's like a rabbit hole of Google, but it wasn't. It was like a fungal, it was like mycelium in the yeah. internet. Brilliant. You okay. know, and uh, there you go, you know, it's very deep. And um, and I found about like UK fungus day mushroom oh, yeah. day and i was like oh that sounds cool and as you say very timely because
3: that's coming because, up, isn't it just mentioning uk fungus day in most people's worlds that would get a snigger because it's as if yeah whatever you know it's just like what give over that's not a thing is it but yeah. the people who know me well enough in my circle know that if i mention anything fungal um it's usually you know i mean it and so yes there is a uk fungus day and it's coming up this weekend yeah, uh, yeah. and i'm really excited about it because I'm, I'm on a committee with the BMS we'll say that it's a bit easier a bit quicker uh, for the British Mycological Society and we help devise I'm on the outreach part and we help devise some of the content so traditionally that would obviously to be help promote forest school leaders and scout groups and uh, fungal uh, communities to go out and do forays and do little promotions and set up stalls in places and of course in the current climate that isn't possible so we've made a ton of online content And the truth of the matter is, I mean, I personally, I'm almost zoomed out. I was sick of it within week two, you know, like six months ago. But ultimately, if you're into fungi, there's some really good stuff. I'm dead excited because we've got some really big names who've who've been willing to make some content for us. And that's all happening this weekend that's coming up.
1: Oh, amazing. So Mm. we can um, put some links to that on the podcast so people can um, suss that out rather than saying, yeah, I found out now.
3: That'd Um, be great. Well, UK Fungus Day has its own website. Just, you know, if you type that in, then you'll get through all the links there. Yeah no props
2: was outreach the thing you wanted to do straight away when you got into fungi did you think i want to share this or was it a personal thing first
3: no and you know what you'd have some brass if you thought you've got to get into fungi the first thing i need to tell people about this <laughs> uh because you, you feel like such an amateur when you start out how how are your levels of fungi knowledge? Yeah. How, how are you guys yeah. in this?
1: so we're pretty amateur so we like as forest school leaders um i would say we have started with uh trees and plants and you know like five years ago so uh, as in more than knowledge we might have had um, as kids or growing up or whatever, so yes. as professional people working with groups and going, "Hello, this is the outdoors, and we will know maybe slightly more than you and be able to help you discover this yes. stuff um, We are down the you know trees first plants, birds, and small items like wood lice, you know where, yeah, we're okay. in that order, and then quite recently I'd say this year we 've been suddenly much more interested in it we're not always interested in fungus right Lewis mm, would you say but yeah. like this year has been more like okay we're gonna get serious on this now we are gonna completely skill ourselves up and um try and do some ID rather than just going wow that's cool we're I think moved to from a, uh... yeah it's funny I think people must go on sorry oh no
2: since I think we moved from I think initially the first thing that for me at least I got was um kind of like a uh, an ethnocentric version of it. So it was like, I knew a mushroom that I could use as a strop or I knew a mushroom that I could um, pick uh, to, to cut and show some cool colours. I knew what they could do for me. And now I've moved into just all of them are mm-hmm. exciting and all of them are interesting, you know?
3: <laughs> oh, that's so, honestly, I couldn't be happy hearing people speak like that because it sounds to me, Lewis, like you're at the point where, well, the, the point of no return. You mentioned a wormhole <laughs> earlier, oh, Gemma, and it is a friend of mine describes it as this wormhole, and you, it just—it never—it genuinely never ends. It permeates yeah. all of my life, much to my family's disgust. I've got a wife <laughs> and two kids. I went on my foot—I fir- went out on a foray day, first one in literally weeks and weeks because we have had such hot weather. And I've been so busy with other things, but you know, we all need those respites and that time. I'm going to treat myself to a quick stomp in the woods. And uh, they wouldn't come with me, of course, because they're absolutely fed up of it. Because all I ever do is point at fungi, talk about mushrooms. For instance, we might be, in, you know, we're in Chester Zoo. You know, last time we were there, and they're all pointing at the orangutans, and I'm pointing at the flower beds on the floor. I say, "Look at what's that? There, look at that lycopodium there growing in the in the flower beds." So yeah, it takes over, it goes everywhere with you, and that's one of the reasons I love it so much because it's a hobby that, that we, that's so accessible. It's all around you. So, so yeah. when
1: did you start then? What and what was it that got you excited about mushrooms? First uh, yeah, it was. It, you know what? It's, it's, um, it's, it's a shame I
3: haven't got a better wow moment, you know, that I stumbled over this thing. Uh, I, just, I just decided I wanted to go on a foraging course. So it was a foraging element, first of all. And I went on a springtime forage with a chap called uh, Jesper Launder. And I'll, I'll say it's spelt Jesper Londa. should anyone be listening and want to look into this chap. And he became a mentor for many, many years.
0: Find out about CPD courses at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details.
3: Uh, just for, for the record, it's not a big thing for me. And it didn't, wasn't that that really uh, captured my imagination when I went on it. It was a spring foray. So there's all, I was fascinated, and I still am now, about all these things that are around us that are capable of you know, nutrition and, and connecting us with the nature. But it was the mushrooms that just caught me. And I'm like, what was that? hey, what's that? And I kind of had it in the back of my mind. And then it just it just sucked me straight in. The very next morning, I went out to try and do the same as I'd done with him and found nothing. But I didn't even know what to do. I thought having a big, long stick, and I genuinely took a big, long stick in the woods to poke around because I had one book about mushrooms and I had a basket. And I went to the local woods thinking that'd be it. Little did I know about, the you know, you need to know something sometimes, especially in spring when they're quite thin on the ground. So yeah i just naively went into a big sycamore wood and sycamore's rubbish there's hardly any mushrooms grow there's no mycorrhizal connections with sycamore so there's there's your first tip um so yeah but and it all started there and i couldn't just get enough and still almost now i just it's everything i love i love finding fungi guy everywhere uh yeah so that that's how that was about seven or eight years ago perhaps mm-hmm. um and it's a beautiful thing because a lot of community comes out of this you know um obviously social media is a thing and a platform people use and with your Facebooks and whatnot. And I'm not a massive user of it. I try and keep a balance and probably more of a, a further distance than most. But in terms of community and learning as a learning space, it's fabulous. It's a learning platform. Yeah. Really, really great for that. Um, So yes. Um, excuse me. I've got things pinging all over the place. Oh, that's right. I'm I just, thought it was
1: me. I was frantically that, going,
3: oh. Let me just shut that down, right down right now. Ali, is it, would you say it's
2: mushrooms are your thing or the whole, uh, fungal network do you find yourself drawn to one or the other or is it kind of the mushrooms are they well i suppose they are aren't they the, the, the physical bodies the
3: <laughs> yes yeah well this is it so look you know i'm i'm not the best person to talk to for a deep dive uh, you know i don't know the science behind a lot of it but that you know there's only so much as, as a human being you can take on board each year with any one thing in your life we're all trying to get a balance you know I like a little bit of this and i've started to learn how to carve a wooden spoon during lockdown you know i want lots of hobbies so I'm limited by how much my small brain can take on board. But year on year, I learn more and more. Uh, and, it, and, it's, and it's overwhelming. Like microscopy, for instance, I know I've just not got to that. That's like the final frontier. Conservation is another thing I just can't quite get to because I do so much else in terms of special engagement and outreach. Um, mm-hmm. So just finding fungi is, is, is enough for me and, and, and would last me the rest of my life if I just chose that route. So yeah. if, if you meant, is it mushrooms rather than fungi? Uh, it's all those things fungi but the fruit bodies yeah I love walking around and spotting them like I say in my kids uh, by the path at my kids school or if it's at the zoo or if it's a roundabout or this beautiful ancient woodland I just love the fact that it can pop up anywhere at any time and it might be something really rare and that's always special too isn't it like an ongoing treasure hunt so yeah fungal fruit bodies are mainly the thing they do for me but it is you know I, I do know a bit about this that and the other and medicinally and nutritionally and and, and just the importance, well, we wouldn't be here. Let's put it very, very simply. Life would not exist yeah. as it does without fungi, yeah. full stop. And that, that is a mind blower. And I only learned that halfway into my fungi knowledge. You know, people really need to know that we just wouldn't exist without them. And that's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. And after you make um, your videos on YouTube as the Fungi Guy, which um, we heartily recommend, um, having only recently watched them. And uh, they yeah, are, incredible. like, i have wa- I have watched, like, a fair few mushroom ID things, but they're so boring. Oh my God. Like we we found, um me and my family found uh what we thought was chanterelles in the woods behind our house. Um mm-hmm. But we're like, okay, look at a book. It's like, oh, these could be false chanterelles. Do they smell of apricots to you or oh, they do to me? Oh, well, they don't to me. <laughs> oh, how do you define smell oh, I don't know. So we like watched hours and hours of videos of people and like, you'd watch a video and go, yeah, I reckon we've got it I reckon they're definitely chanterelles let's just watch one more oh no no from that video I'm not really sure and it's just like they're just sort of people like poking around on a table and like really kind of you know fascinating in many ways but quite kind of like dry and then uh, so I hadn't actually seen any videos uh like yours ever um so if anyone hasn't watched them like definitely give them a go and i just watched with my kids actually one you must have made quite recently because you were talking about um lockdown and it was with a wildlife trust oh yes yeah yeah and like all your little kind of cardboard props and all of that kind of stuff i just think is so different and unique and very very fun and and what kind of like do you do, because obviously you're saying engagement is your thing, and obviously you do the videos. Um, do you do other sort of stuff with kids in real life, like normally when it's not like lockdown times? Um, well,
3: to the best of my abilities, I do. Um, so, in fact, I'm teaching tomorrow, so I'm working at a primary school. I'm a pastoral worker in a primary school. Uh, and But uh, every year, my head, who's extremely supportive, um, let uh, lets me take over the whole of the year, four-year group. We're a big school, like 700 kids as a primary, mm-hmm. three-farm entry. And I go, I spend the next day and a half now going into each class and a half day in each, doing a whole half day just on fungi. And I've been allowed to do that, which wow. is wonderful. Uh, so, so I've cool. done that for maybe the last uh, four or five years. And it's great because when they get a bit older, you know, they don't, there's certain moments they don't forget. And that, that's not, sorry, that doesn't sound very modest of me. But it's the fungi that, you know, they're engaging, not, not so much me. Because all you have to do is prod a puffball. If I tell them yeah. what's about to happen about spores and then I prod one with my finger and it goes poof.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's
3: an audible, whoa. I mean, I did it really, a little bit cheeky this, but I did a, a, an open mic poetry night last year, around this time. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do fungi. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna infiltrate this beautiful evening of song. I've, I've been over and sang songs there. I'm gonna do a fungi presentation. And people are going to be like, what? I've just came for a glass of wine and some fun. But I knew, I knew I trusted the fun guy that I would be able to make it engaging because I had a massive puffball in my hand and I had a stink on that stuck the place out. Oh, and I amazing. Did a, I did like an interactive quiz true or false, fake names and stuff. But that moment, and this is where, the reason I mentioned this is because we are so much like children. I really, it's a big part of my old, I don't know if I've got an ethos as such, but I'm, I'm always reflecting about how the adults can be just like children, you know, because I'm in a teaching environment for years now. And, um, when I prod that little puffball, all the adults also go, whoa! And they the in, I'm like, yeah, because that's what fungi can do. They're so engaging. So, uh, yeah, I just love that about them. So I'm very fortunate. So, for instance, tonight I was allowed to finish a little bit early and I buzzed off into the woods in the school minibus to try and collect as much fungi as I could to lay out on a table tomorrow. So it's more of an interactive, engaging experience. And I found lots of bits and pieces. So, yeah. you know, it's not a bad way to make a living in that respect. That's,
1: so that's amazing. That's nice. Yeah.
3: There are a few things I did a scout group as well last year and and whatnot, and I've been into other I've I've visited other schools, but that's just out the kindness of my school letting me go off and do my thing, you know, because there's no you know finance and money involved in that. I Just they just know that I really want to spread the word, so they let me have the odd half day and there to go to other schools and just do a little bit of outreach there. Um, Yeah, do you think there's anything?
1: Yeah, Yeah, just in the sort of last few weeks, we've um well we've been kind of engaging personally with like fungi as a a topic and then obviously they're all over the woods at the moment um and we have made uh more of a thing about showing the kids that we work with in the woods like hey you guys just before we do anything else like we're all gonna go and look at this mushroom that we think is a destroying angel and now having watched your video on false death caps we reckon it is false death cap except except though right it doesn't have any of the little um remnants of the egg sac on it at all yeah, but it okay. is really but it is that glow in the dark shade and it's funny that you describe it as that because that's exactly Lewis how you described mm. it isn't it when we were looking at it with kids and you were like oh look it really looks like glow in the dark stars on your ceiling see this and is funny off. because I wonder if anyone
3: always listening going oh this is bu-. yeah um, see so, a bit- but the volvic sack as well you're on about quite rightly but this is the variables this is where you know years of experience can help get you in places and you know just all of the learning curve that might have crumbled away depends how old the mushroom was depends if you dug deep enough and all those kinds of things um so the right person at the right time might have looked at it and gone definitely i might not have been able to i might have had it in my hand and gone do you know what i'm not sure yeah it's hard they're so variable but that's all yeah. part of the fun in my mind
1: yeah but it's one of those things where like with other stuff where we might go hey guys come and look at this like um muzzet you know there's an, animal, there's an animal track or there's an animal footprint we've, there's a thing in the woods basically we want to show you um and like the kids will kind of get excited like, oh yeah cool but each time the last couple of weeks where we've gone we want to show you these mushrooms it they've remained more engaged with that as a thing than they ever have with like animal tracks or a tree doing something or a plant that we've never noticed and we've had way more questions about mushrooms than we have about any other natural thing in the woods i would say i don't know if lewis would agree but on saturday we were really um we were looking for we found stinkhorn not not quite a few of those um in the woods and it was in that like jelly egg stage it hadn't actually like uh, popped out yet and um and we spoke about that and it was just like question after question after question i can't quite remember them now. Lewis, can you remember any of them do you remember when we stood by the obstacle course
2: yeah and it was like
1: yeah but there was, was a concept that they couldn't quite grasp, and they were like, Yeah, but it's not alive, or something Something like that. And we were like, No, they couldn't grasp
2: it- the concept that, uh, that it wasn't, um, that if they picked the mushroom, that that wasn't the whole fungus uh, was part of it. They couldn't yeah. quite comprehend that it was the apple on the tree rather than being the whole, yeah. you know, going the tree is all underground, mm-hmm. you just can't see it. This is a, a really tiny bit of yeah. it. Um, but also I think there's a thing of, you know, you and I, Gemma, have been sort of, I would say our knowledge has increased tenfold in the last six months about mushrooms. And that changes the way that we yeah. present a mushroom to the group. When we don't know much, we kind of go, oh, a mushroom, come on, guys, let's let's go and do this other thing that I know more about. And I'll, I'll get a knife out and impress you with that. Um, but because we know no, a little no. bit more about mushrooms, it's kind of like, no, I'm I feel more confident to stand next to a mushroom for a bit longer now and go, no, I've got some stuff to say. And or or to go, I don't really know about that. Or, you know, it's that kind of thing.
3: That's really nice. I mean, of course, because it's lovely to hear that the kids have those questions. You know, I mean, that that really is fab, especially from people who are outdoors with children in that environment more than most. If you know that that's the kind of thing that you know that's hooking them in that's great because they do present many questions of course because they look so different and smell so different and what have you and grow so differently um i suppose that thing about what with that mushroom is it's also lovely for children to see adults not know things as well i think i think that's a really empowered thing you know and to be honest for an adult to be honest like that and say when they don't so the next question is well why do we find out so obviously mm-hmm. it's not necessarily practical to get a guidebook out with kids especially if it's a little brown job as they're called or whatever but mm-hmm. you know you could obviously potentially make a spore print and that's something that, you know you've got to return to that mushroom then haven't you or there might be a, a you know a, a sequel to this and the next day or the next meeting you say look i googled this and i looked at that and mm-hmm. i spoke to that guy and look the spore print was pink and not white which means it must be down this one or you could smell the mushroom and that might be, give it and, and then the whole subjective thing with with smells one of my favorite things of fungi completely if i'm with a group or leading a foray because it can be so much fun to smell a mushroom and everyone's different idea mm. until you tell them what you think it is then they'll go "Oh yeah
1: watermelon yeah, yeah. um
3: so That's- you know there are things you could do with a mushroom even if you don't know what it is that can make people still go oh right you know like you say it's it, it, it looks after itself they're, they're i think mushrooms have got rally. that
2: thing though which is kind of uh i would say less so with the the kids kind of see the positive of them being uh, seen as risky you know that is in the same way that they see the fire and they see the bladed tools that we use and they go that's got some risk to it when we show them a mushroom there's an element of that's got some risk to it and with children that's like engaging and exciting but sometimes when we have adult groups you can see them get visibly uncomfortable and kind of go, I don't think we should go, ni-. you know, they just go, we have a blanket rule that we don't even, we don't even look at the mushrooms because we don't know what they might do to our eyes, kind of, the, you know, that level of like.
3: And, and isn't it funny because because that essentially, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm searching my mind for a better word for it because I've come across this potential stance before, quite, quite understandably, because it's easier to ignore something if you don't know it properly. And especially yeah. if it's, if it's um, you know, shrouded in, potential hazards and what have you but that's that that level of ignorance is a bit like a prejudice isn't it it's like not knowing rather than engaging it can only be a bad thing because you're just keeping this arm's length and it's you know um i don't wish to call anyone a grid because why would you know about fungi if you don't choose to look into them or someone encourage you to get into them but essentially it's like that it's like just um you know not not wanting to understand what something else is that's just one lost connection Mm. isn't it and all the joining the dots of the outdoor world and like how lovely that that's took on a whole new thing for you this autumn i mean i hope we get some wonderful downpours you get some real flushes of all sorts of fungi because when there's an abundance that's a super cool thing too but you know your your forest school probably won't ever look quite the same again now that fungi is a part of it because i can Mm. almost guarantee if you see any fungus you're going to make that part of whatever you're doing that day because you can't ignore that you can't ignore this huge steak thing on the side of a tree or that little fruit in there because you want to tell them those dots, I imagine, you know, that is rotting that log there. It's going to make us brand new soil, which allows mm. us to have more life, and so on yeah. and so forth. We've yeah. got
1: one um, one child who is um, re- he's got really into it and it's uh, <laughs> like collecting useful ones and uh, like parents come to pick <laughs> up and they're like, okay, great, more more of those for the windowsill. Okay, lovely.
3: <laughs> oh, brilliant! I just hope I hope they remember that they're there because. If you've ever put a mushroom in a bag and forgotten about it, oh, the smell is truly rancid. It's an awful thing. Oh, it it's King like... Alfred
2: cakes he keeps coming back with. Yeah. King oh, cakes yeah. And well, has he
3: left any of them on the windowsill? You know what happens if you leave them at the wrong time? Oh, the, they on. completely explode with spores. Huge black Ooh, cloud. Definitely. Overnight, you can come down the next morning. You'll have this big arc. Oh, like Jesus, huge... I should give him a text. This? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this huge arc of, of black spores that have just gone... But it's exploding with spores overnight. It's That's really amazing. funny, and you oh, you have this beautiful that? white patch where, where you know, like as if um, you know, like a, a scene from a comedy film where someone gets covered in black, and then they open their eyes, they got all the little white bit patches where yeah. things were covering. Uh, when you remove that fungus, there'll just be this white blob on the radiator where the fungus sat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's great. It's got interest. Has he done any ink caps yet, or have you guys done ink caps?
1: No, any... we don't have yeah, ink caps yeah. anywhere um, nearby. So we um, are they mostly gra- grassy? Type living, yeah,
3: but they're they just in scratty areas, you, you know. Yeah. Not necessarily, uh, I mean, there's lots of loads, of loads and loads of the quite a tricky one to pin down. You can generally say that's a blistered ink cap, but it could be one of like eight, which is something yeah. you find out in fungi in general. Um, but but they, they have loads of different types of habitat, larger grass on your right, but you know, you do have some on, on rotting wood and decaying wood, uh, scratty areas. Uh, but 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 if you see some one day, just just grab a couple um on on route back to the the site and they'll keep for 24 hours um and you can yeah you can make your ink from those I'm sure you've heard of that have you heard about I think
2: yeah we've seen some stuff that um actually links into one of the things I was going to ask you which was that sometimes I've been identifying stuff in our woodland and it doesn't match with you know quite often the the books will have a bit that says habitat is grassland habitat is dead conifer logs whatever um Mm -hmm. and I've looked at stuff and I've gone this is growing here and and I'm going to go and this is this doesn't make sense to me that it would be here. And then I have to think back and I realise that it's because we've brought like wood chip in or because nah, that's something yeah. goes in. Go, actually it's not on a conifer log. It's on some, um, I don't know, some oak wood chipping or something that you go, ah, okay. It's actually been brought in on that. Um, Brilliant. And do you, Brilliant. Do you, would you say that there's, there's any, can you see any impact of sort of humans changing the fungi, um, in and around the world as we have you know fucked up the rest of the world are we moving fun- <laughs> fungi around and things like that yeah
1: because and- one of our parents did say that to us when we were um, with a group um, this week and looking at the mushroom that we were like is that a destroying angel or is it a false death, death cat um, and she was saying to me she has always lived in Um, our kind of area and she was saying that she remembers going out as a kid and gathering like baskets full of mushrooms edible mushrooms as a child and doing that every year and now until she knows what she's looking for and she remembers what those mushrooms were but now she sees none of those and she feels like the stuff that she sees is more poisonous than edible these days in her experience but we wonder yeah we wondering whether you know anything about that or you've noticed I'm not so sure. I would,
3: you know, I've not been around or known this for long enough, but I've known people who haven't done this since they were children, you know, they have an age of experience in it. I generally don't think that's the case. And I certainly, I mean, again, I don't know, I couldn't speak for your, your, your friend's perception, the lady's perception, but I wouldn't think that it's the case between edibility and poisonous. It's just not how it works, really. I don't think that's it. Now, certain edibles, it's all about habitat, this. It's all about mm. habitat. Mm. And if habitats have been lost, then yes, you're going to lose the fungi of those habitats but generally speaking, yeah, you know, it's shrinking, isn't it? All those spaces are shrinking all the time. There's no doubt about it. And, and, you know, industrialized farming, that's a big one, you know, because any, all all the fertilizer and and those kinds of setups, then you you lose a whole, um, whole range of of, of fabulous habitat specific fungi, uh, which is why ancient woodland are very special because they are ancient relationships. So these ones that are well established. Um, But yeah, you know, Ultimately, yeah, we need to look after our habitats. Habitat loss is the number one problem for fungi. Um, and like I say, that's kind of a next step for me. It's an area I think I'm just on a conscious level. I need to really investigate and, and maybe be putting my mind to. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what that would look like, but I need to look into perhaps mm. a little bit of conserva- conservation work. Yeah, I like to walk midi- around with that puffball just <laughs> it, oh man, yeah oh, i love to boot a puffball i love yeah. to do you know what i've got last year's puffball if it's the one you're on about I've, I, I, yeah because is that the one in the when i was doing the little thing for the wildlife trust yeah 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 well i've still got one from last year under my kid's trampoline that every now and then about once a month i'll take it onto the field opposite and just boot it about oh, and then cool. bring it home again and, and they just live on i mean i don't uh, know if these uh, spores are dead or living i don't know but it's uh,
1: yeah.
3: a puffball around and
1: That's... i know
3: that there aren't any growing yet in case you were going to ask no.
1: <laughs> well, I'll have to tell my little boy, um, I've got a friend who's really into mushrooms and um, he showed us a puffball a few years ago and my little boy was using it, it was like using it as a football and then we spotted another one like the following year and my son was like oh I remember these, I love kicking these, they're amazing and he really went to boot it and it just like exploded in this wet gunk like all (laughs) down his trousers and it was just like oh okay that was slightly more disappointing but um I've never I'll, I'll tell him about you playing football with it and it actually helping the mushroom to you know, release the spores because when he was uh, kicking a dry one around um sort of you have of have that sort of like adult watching a child interacting with nature and go okay is that is that okay or is that like harming the thing that they're doing you know are they picking all the all the flowers or whatever and actually booting a puffball around can can be good and can yeah, help. It's, well, it,
3: it's designed to just snap away and then start to roll off in the wind and do it that. So yeah, yeah. It's and the funny thing is, it because watching people, like you say, be aggressive or be foolish in nature just doesn't seem to fit. Uh, and I guess maybe that's what I did. You know, that kind of ties in what you're saying about my videos, um, because I, I would watch the same videos you did when I was starting out to try and identify things. And like you say, you know, a lot of them are really dry. Yeah, actually, I didn't mind because they're just walking out. It's like, okay, we're going to walk. Let's see what we find. And I think, all right, I'll walk with you. And i yeah. watched people just walking, just walking on leaves for like eight minutes before they even found a mushroom. And I didn't mind. And I thought, well, if I can watch that, there'll be other people who are excited about fungi like me, but I'd at least like to make it a bit fun. So that that was yeah. my, the premise for me. And, you know, just I I just I just in life, generally, I don't like anything to be taken as it. Take, I don't like to take myself seriously the, the, life is hard life is difficult anyway we're not here for very long so you know I'm not some old singing dancing guy my wife would say that I'm really boring when I come through the door after a day out but I want to make the most and I just want I want to take the put the humor in and take the pomposity out you know mushrooms like you say can be quite a dry experience at times there's I know wonderful mushroom communities who are great mm. fun but it can also be quite an academic dry start sometimes for some people uh, and I cannot be doing that. It just yeah. it doesn't fit for me. So I did it for my own amusement. No, no, if anyone would get much from it or enjoy it. I do, I do it, you know, I do it to make myself, make myself laugh because yeah. I like messing about. Um, but and it's been taken quite nicely, which is a lovely thing, too. So <laughs> thanks for that.
2: Well, it's a good way, isn't it, of I think breaking down, I think a lot of the outdoor world, we've done a couple of podcasts about this recently that, you know, mo- a lot of the outdoor community is not particularly diverse and not you know it is uh call a spade a spade old white men of a certain age Mm. who dominate a lot of the outdoor world so even just making something accessible to children is a massive step in terms of bringing in new generations and going you know it's not just a thing that granddad does it's a thing that can be fun and is entertaining and exciting and um you know,
3: I think that's, I do think that's really important. Well, I, look, I've got to, I, you know, I've got to, I wouldn't want to dismiss anybody because everybody, including that older generation, which is a largely an academic genera- uh, generation and cohort, who have t- exactly the, the type that you d- described there, who have took me under the wing and taught me absolutely tons for no fee at all, you know, I've just joined these groups. They've been fabulous. But there, there's one cohort that I've, I've never shown any interest at all in that fun side of stuff, the silly bit. They don't, they don't even speak of it even though i've said it's quite a tool you know there's a whole audience and that's kind of what i'm here for never never bite an island of shown an interest and it's not that i want to hear oh we love this thing and who are you and it's not about that it's just that dismissal of that it can be anything but and that's not really is that really learning is it i'm not sure It's yeah it just doesn't get mentioned at the table and i'm like wow guys you, you're missing a trick here not that you're missing what i'm doing but just to think that this isn't okay fungi need to be treated the same way well i wouldn't have that about anything no matter what i was into whether it was birds spoons making model planes i don't know it doesn't matter it have to be you'd have to take the like you say the pomposity out that's how i feel about these things and
2: do you think that is the way that we could move forwards away from this this you know going back to what we were saying earlier about people being sort of ignorant out of a a fear of mushrooms do you think making it light-hearted and engaging and things like that is going to be one of the steps or one of the tools that that brings because I was talking to you know, lots of other families that I um that we work with um are from other particularly European countries and you know they will say to us that like oh in Italy mushrooming is huge it's just everybody does mushrooming everyone knows what it is you know in Spain they have these huge seasons and things like that and um And then it almost seems like the British public has gone, no, 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 it's pious and I don't understand it and I'll stay away. So maybe breaking down those walls with kind of humour and um, levity is the tool.
3: Well, it doesn't work for everyone, does it? Because obviously I'm also being silly in these videos, you know, that I make and the way I choose to, the tone I take with lots of my posts, because there's lots of everything else, everything else, every other type of, uh, you know, delivery and education is there, isn't it? You know, Mm. and I don't want to do anything the same if I can help it not that by any means I was from Trailblazer. I'd just rather it to be a bit of fun and, and, and not take myself seriously. So silly isn't for everybody. I would definitely agree with that. But I think making it engaging and fun, I, I, it's a no-brainer. Because how, how can that not make things more accessible, especially to the next generation? And isn't all, all, everything, and especially nature and, and the world, isn't it all about them? Everything's about the next generation, isn't it? So you, you'd be daft. You'd be missing a trick to not try and at least engage mm. them. And, and and generally, the beautiful thing is fungi do do that with the colors and the smells and the names and all these things and you know they're so engaging interactive that uh you know the, the vehicle in themselves I'm, I'm just a facilitator of it i suppose so yeah i do think that that uh, is uh certainly it's not for everyone like i say it's not but the and, and that's fine with me you know um some people get it some people don't but mostly i think for the next generation yeah i think they dig it and they like to kids like to see adults being silly a lot as well of course i think yeah. i think They like to see adults not take themselves too seriously because lots of adults in their lives tell them what to do all the time. So that's also a nice thing, I think.
0: Applications for Forest School training are now open at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details.
2: And in your face-to-face work, have you ever come up against... So one of the things that we got when we showed... Um, the families in our woods the the death the what we thought were death caps and we were saying that we think it's this we've sort of idea and each time we went we went with the books and got the families to help us and go well you double check it with us you know does it look like this to you um yeah uh and uh, you know and the two questions we kind of got were like was well, it safe for us to go and to to go and see it you know should we even be engaging with it and second was, well, what are you, uh, you going to do with it? You know, lots of parents saying, well, are you going to get rid of it now? Or are you going to take it out? Are you going to, what, mm. what do we do? Do you want me to kick it over and smush it? And we were going, no, 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 no,
3: no. What, <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> well, look, I, I, I've not read it. I've, I've, I've skipped over this over the years. I've, you know, I've come across articles of where this, like you say, this intrinsic uh, fear of, of fungi comes from. It's funny because some of our kids don't know where I, 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 I work in quite an underprivileged area in a city of Manchester. And some of our kids, if I asked them, you know, and they're like seven year olds, will not know where beef comes from. They won't be able to name the animal, whatever. Yeah. I could say mushrooms and nearly all children already know that, that that's not safe. Or you must be careful or don't eat that. Don't put that in your mouth. And I wonder, cause I don't remember having that conversation with my kids, but I bet they'd have thought that if they didn't have a dad who knows about fungi. So it's strange that, you know, as a generic, uh, you know, uh, blanket thing, people think that mushrooms are dangerous and i know a guy who does fungi forays and the likes and he said it's amazing because he will meet deadly plants on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and only he only meets a deadly mushroom maybe once or twice a year if he's lucky i've only met deadlies i don't meet a deadly every year and i meet thousands of fungi you know what i mean they they are not a common thing of course it would be horrible to stumble across them but why would you eat it anyway you can't even eat kids eat mushrooms in Food (laughs) you serve them, so I mean you'll have these conversations far more than I. But I mean I think most if you just put a handful of most leaves from your garden. I was talking to a a wonderful uh, mycologist uh, last week from America, Dr. Gordon Walker, fascinated by fungi. Huge, he's got a quarter of a million TikTok followers for mushrooms. You need to check this guy out. (laughs) Incredible, and he was saying even just a handful of most leaves from most plants in your garden, if you put them in, in a dish would would seriously damage you i mean that, that, that and, and that, there it is your yeah. plants and leaves are damaging and poisonous uh yeah and they're all around us yet yeah, it's the fungi that get the bad name so yeah that, that surely equates to just education doesn't it mm. um, and just learn about it don't put it in your mouth simple as that and then you can enjoy them and they can and you can enjoy them for also for what the the benefits that the the reason why they're there yeah
1: yeah um my little boy had a question for you which is related to this topic he's eight and he wanted to know have you ever accidentally eaten a poisonous mushroom <laughs> no <Obviously. laughs> I haven't
3: it's a really good question and it's, it's, it's good because that's what obviously like you say hooks the kids in oh it's dangerous I want to know more about this mm. uh, no I haven't but the first time I ever ate uh, a wild mushroom of my own accord very confident you know it took me a long time many for some people it's years some people it's days maybe foolishly but for me, it was months and months, and I was absolutely certain it had to be, and it was this one mushroom. Um, and I was quite sick the next day, and I really panicked. You know, I got a bit of a sweat on. But ultimately, it was fine. It's just I'd eaten too many because I found such a glut. It was oyster mushrooms, by the way. And <laughs> knowing now, there's almost nothing I could – I mean, there's always something. There's nearly always a Daffelganger. But there was almost nothing I could have mistaken it for. But that seed of doubt, mm. I would say this to anyone who's thinking of foraging, it's not a big thing for me. Food. The food element is a big, isn't a big part but for anyone thinking foraging, you really have to know, because the seed of doubt is worse than, you know, I've speak to a oh, lot of yeah. people who've eaten them for the first time. Psychosomatic. seed of it? doubt can be, an, oh, oh yeah. psychosomatic is, is a huge part, and that's partly what it was for me too. Uh, you know, I was getting a sweat on and thinking, hang on, and I'm reading yeah. all the you know, literature, and you're suddenly drowning in Google, and you're like, oh, yeah. no, what the yeah. Yeah. Why did I even bother? It's just one meal. But it's the, it's the I can do this, I can cook this, and I've found it. I mean, I was very careful, so... And I was, I was absolutely fine. The only thought on the pro- thought is perhaps that in my head, I was just sweating in my head, which I'm not a panicker. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not one to worry normally, but maybe it just got the better of me and maybe I ate too much. There's only, you're only supposed to have a certain portion. I had it for the me evening meal and then I had some more for breakfast because I was giddy as a kipper. Yeah. So I just overloaded. And again, it was a foreign substance that's never been in my body. So yeah. People can have reactions a little to bit. mushrooms. Yeah. Anyway, as a first time, you should always take a lot of caution, even if you know it's a good edible.
2: Also yeah mm. it was I, um, the first story I got actually from a parent the other day was I just on the way to walk to a mushroom and they stopped me and went did you hear about you know it was so vague this anecdote they were like did you hear a few <laughs> ye- hear, hear a few years ago about that group of mushroom hunters who six of them and they all ate mushrooms and they all died mushroom experts and I went no but I mean by well, sheer numbers they're probably get, going out and eating mushrooms every day aren't they they're probably
3: i mean <laughs> i listen if the, the clincher there is if they said mushroom expert because then they weren't you know you, you, <laughs> there's only one mycologist ever to die from eating fungi to my knowledge uh and that's because it took 40 years to kill him because it's it was uh, um, an accumulative toxin it's something called the brown roll rim and apparently they still sell them on the continent because if you treat them right you can have it but your body everyone's got a different tolerance this is vaguely speaking uh, i don't wow. know the internet yeah. for sure but if you keep on eventually your body will turn on you and, and then you've got and so that's the only wow. person that I've, I've ever heard of a mycologist today that sounds dangerous. Take, yeah yeah they won't take you yeah, just per- stay
2: clear of mushrooms <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah don't do it don't even poke them um, so yeah but brown roll ribs they're everywhere they're, you, you, they're a good one to find when you find them because they look amazing underneath Ah, oh, sorry. This is no fun for people just listening, is it? But they've got, no, no, go pie, they've got a pie crust edge, as a, as Jesper described it to me, my And it's it's you know like you, when you pinch a pie around the edges of the pastry, it's got mm-hmm. this pie crust edge, brown, and then you turn it upside down. It's got this rolled rim. That's why it gets its name from. Them. And um, it's just a beautiful thing. And they're they're all over the roadsides, especially. They seem to like that. Paxilus mm-hmm. is the uh, the genus. So yeah, um, oh, I quick, quick description of a mushroom there.
2: So <laughs> yeah. do, do you have a favourite mushroom or is it whatever you find that's exciting you at the time?
3: It's a good question. It's funny this because I've um I've done something uh I've started to interview or a plan to want to do this. I've started to interview some of our senior mycologists in the country because ultimately they're quite senior there's no other way of saying it without being rude really. And uh, you know they've shaped some of mycology in England because you know in the UK because there wasn't much of anything, you know, it's, it's been a very swift uptake in the last like 40, 50 years. And these guys had a part to play. You know, they've written books. They've determined genius, new to, new to the world, new to science species they've found. And they're just these humble little people. And I wanted to document that. So I started interviewing some, uh, me, um, my co-heroes. In fact, I need to put it out. I've, I've put it on the, I've, I've put it one. out there. I've seen one of them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I've started to do that. I've only made two. And then the film crew who kindly of did it for nothing, I can't ask them to do it for nothing anymore. So I need to find a film crew who will do it for free and then I can interview all these amazing people. But the point being, I asked the same question, hoping for a great answer. And the, the, they both gave me, and they were set, filmed separately. They didn't discuss or anything. They both said, I love all mushrooms. I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't give you a favourite. I love them all. Oh. And, and espe- made especially just a pristine of anything. A pristine, beautiful, mm. perfect one of anything. I have a favourite genus, I suppose. I love, I love mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, the the big chunky ones that, if people are familiar with, the ones that have the sponge underneath. That you know, porcini come into that uh, one that's mm-hmm. are set, as people might know it, penny bun. Uh, there's just such. Someone describes them as chunky, homely shapes, and they are, you know, maybe it's the maybe it's the kid in me that we all like big fungi, you know, because Belites can get pretty big. But there's something so solid and robust about Belites. and and they're a, they're a good one that you can almost always identify there's some genus we just can't work it out it's it, you, you narrow it down and it ends up it's still one of like 16 or something but within reason with the right books you can just about find out what it is in your hand and that's and mostly you can do it with lots of them you know but even if it's a tricky one you can get there in the end and that's that's always nice to know when you've spent an hour trying to work out what a mushroom is so yeah i love the bolets. i love everything about because the color changes the sizes the uh, where they grow yeah bolets are a great family i do like I like those that's, very
2: much. It's interesting you're saying that you prefer, you, the, the experts were saying that there was a, they preferred the, the pristine version of anything. As, uh. you, as you said it, i would never occurred to me before, but I think I find the slightly nibbled or smashed up mushrooms slightly more intriguing to me because I feel like there's more of a story because then I look yeah. at it and I think about, oh, who's eaten a bite of that and then wandered off? Or I wonder if they didn't, you know, someone's eaten the side of this one and then kicked it over. Why? And I say someone, I mean an animal, a, a, <laughs> Not a, yeah, a child
1: say, uh, that we weren't keeping an eye on enough. <laughs> normally,
2: Gemma, she doesn't ever. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean. You see it, and it's like a, it's like a little detective game of like, why didn't they eat the whole thing? Surely, if they found a food source and they liked it, but that's quite a big bite. Why would they have taken such a big bite? And
3: I can't see the bite, so they haven't spat it out and. You know, do you know what? I bet you're a very good forest leader. You must be. <laughs> Those are good. What a, what a wonderful inquisitive mind. To the kids go. aren't there. The kids have run off. The kids have run off to do something else. <laughs> you're so you're just on all fours. You're just on all fours, staring <laughs> at this mushroom, turning it around in your fingers. Uh, yeah, I just um, that's brilliant. I love it because, like, say there's a little backstory. Maybe I've seen enough slug nibbled. The only thing that can still intrigue me is: is it a slug or is it a squirrel? Because I found I, I found a squirrel with a belit in, in its, I was going to say it's hands. Paws, does a squirrel have paws or claws? What does a squirrel well, have? Is it? is it? Paws with claws? <laughs> yeah.
2: Wing, wings.
3: Squirrel with, with, yeah, with a belit in, in its claws and its paws and holding it and just chomping away. And it was a good sized wow. Um I'll have to post that again because it's a, an amazing thing to witness. And it's like, yeah, we do share these mushrooms with the other creatures. It's not just slugs and stuff. You know, it was having a proper meal on it. Um, so I like quite trying to identify whether it's the teeth max, you know, because I would always have just thought, oh, that's a slug. You know, you can see all these little mm. pock marks where the slug's been having it, but it's like, ah oh, no, this might be a squirrel. So yeah, there is a little backstory, but I do like that that you said there, Lewis, that, you know, what's what's going on for this mushroom? What's what's it live through? That's quite cool. I like yeah. that very much.
1: And watching the watching its different stages as well. So because we went back to that same mushroom at the bottom of our woods mm. like every day for, you know, a week. And seeing it when it was really pristine and being like whoa that's beautiful and then and also that really helped me um this week it was like a, a penny drop moment where you have to look at guidebooks and you go okay well mm, maybe it's that but hang on a minute the one in the guidebook is like really um kind of dome shaped at the top and this yeah, yeah. one's really flat and I was like oh they change shape of course it, like <laughs> it's obvious when you think about it but you know to that dramatically you know that something can be completely yeah dome shaped there must be a word than that um and so watching it do that and then go and then decay as well and go the other side and seeing things nibbling it and seeing the um is it the stipe is that the proper name for the stalk yeah 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 getting like kind of thinner and more draggly and weaker and then like flopping over and watching all those stages well yeah was a penny drop moment for me because i thought oh okay that's like another whole element into the whole um IDing of lots of things that might look very similar and little brown jobs as you say but not only that you've also got like about how, what stage of their life are they at yeah you've so, got a life
3: cycle and you yeah. and, and suddenly you you are um you're more considerate of something you're more engaged with it aren't you because there's a life cycle here you've seen it from start to finish especially if you'd seen it from you know it's embryonic stage almost um and of course then as well with experience you'll say hang on look at it now and you might realize that this this could pass as a such a thing or as a such a thing. But yeah. Only because I saw it earlier in the week, do I know that it's that. Yeah, exactly. And of course, that's all part of this this whole piecing of the jigsaw puzzle together when you're uh, trying to identify any fungus. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Out of interest, have you still? Did you say are your stinkhorn eggs? Uh, recent? Are they around? Have they? Have no. they blown, yeah. or are they still eggs? Yeah. Still One that's
1: still egg. Uh, I
3: mean, obviously, it depends how you want to do this. But I, I, I've done a stinkhorn race in the past, where, where you can plant them because there's enough energy now in the egg; it, it, it can be taken from its spot, and you can put them in a plant pot and have two. And I've oh labelled gosh. them in the past, and have a little bit of a race online, and everyone takes a you know picks the winner. Who's it going to be? And uh, and you can watch them and, and watch the growth. And suddenly, you'll come one morning, boof, they're gone. And who, who won the race? Mm. So yeah. And and apparently, if you cut a stink on egg in half, you can try this before I do. You cut a stink on egg in half, you will get two stink oh, And no. it's and, and it's someone I really trust and respect who knows the mushrooms. Um, yeah, she says you can cut them in half, and I, I almost couldn't believe it. And I said, does it matter which way you put it down? She says, nope, it'll just find its way up. So there's one, there's a little thing you could try with the kids, perhaps, to show them. Um, Do do mushrooms,
2: uh, I I mean, I know it's very weather-dependent in terms of, you know, you need a lot of moisture in the air for them to sort of swell up. Um, But uh, I've heard with plants that you can sort of track, I think it's the seasons go up, up particularly the UK. You know, you can go, all the daffodils are coming out in Cornwall and now they're coming out in London and now they're coming up. Mm. Um, And does that stuff happen... With mushrooms up and down the cut, you know, are we gonna get yeah. certain things before you get it up north? And
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. So Scotland are always finishing their their season goes on a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm part of something called Mushroom Spotters UK, which is a wonderful for anyone who would like a good place. It's a really welcoming I don't like I say, I don't do much Facebook, but I hear that, you know, I know it can be a toxic place or whatever, there's always swings and roundabouts. But I know those guys work really hard to make it a friendly place where people feel welcome because fungi are so intimidating. So as long as you go in politely and say, sorry, guys, uh, I've took a few pictures. I've tried my best. Could anyone help, please? You'll nearly always get an answer. Uh, And it's a huge group, so it's really hard to make sure that, uh, you know, you don't get missed. But those guys are all talking to each other all over the country. And when the first mushrooms at different points through the season are coming through, so you get your springtime ones, your morels, and your St. George's, oh, they're in London, okay, well, they're coming up. And then you say, where are you? Where where have you posted this? Mm. And they're trying to gauge, oh, it's coming to me soon. So, yeah. It does make its way the country like that at times. Certain, certain fungi do indeed, yeah. Um, just the same. Uh, because the St. George is a good example of that. Because for us, it's the St. George's mushroom, of course. So St. George's Day, so April 21st, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's about right. uh, and in uh, Germany, it's called the March mushroom. And uh, uh, Mills and somewhere else it's called the May mushroom, so it's it's literally making its way around through the continent. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so it's got a different name depending on uh, where it is. Yeah, that one I wanted mm. particularly. Yes, so they do they do come up in waves like that, uh, depending on climate and conditions.
0: Support the podcast today by becoming a Patreon member at childrenoftheforest.com. Check out the podcast links for more details. Have you done
1: mushrooming in other countries much? Do you tend to, like, go abroad and go, oh, I'm
3: going to go on a fly? No, I've not been... uh, Well, I went to Wales in the the summer uh, and found my first death cats, which was great. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you know, I've I've not been abroad since I got into mushrooms. I've not been abroad for years. I did a lot of travelling as a younger man and lived abroad here and there and and saw some beautiful places and whatever. And then when I came back, I settled down with a family. And I've never really had the inclination. I've just... You know, really enjoyed this space, this country for what it is. And I hate long car journeys with kids. I'll be honest about that as well. I cannot be doing deal with going more than two and a half hours in any direction with a car with some kids moaning. Um, so actually, I give not them a
2: stinkhorn egg each in a pot and
3: just sit it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might get me more complaints than not. Um The uh, car journeys can be smelly enough anyway, can't they? Um, so yeah, I, no, I haven't. Is, is the is the answer to that? Uh, it would be. And it's funny because, obviously, I will see things and experience things if I went to other countries, in theory, that would just be, wow, you know, I've, I've seen in books, but, you know, could be in England, could be in Britain, but still just on the continent. Because things come through each year that have never been found here before because as we're getting warmer, we're more like the continent, so some of the continental right. mushrooms are coming up. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, things come through each year. So, obviously, I could go abroad, but do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not in any rush and... I'm, I'm, it, there's not a desirable oh, I've got to see the Caesars mushroom just once because there's so much I haven't seen in my country mm. yet myself it's not like I'm getting a bit oh it's a bit repetitive this that's Yeah,
1: interesting
3: point it's not repetitive yet I mean you know if I have 150 buttercaps in two days can be a bit well. <laughs> oh, it's a butter cap it's a butter cap but next year I'll be excited about a buttercap again it's not yeah. like oh, I will ever look at that again I've done you I just and, and because every year and this, this is a fact guys every year I know this for, for, till I die I will find a new fungi every year. there will always be something new to see. And that's, what a hobby. It's just so exciting to me that. So I genuinely haven't got any interest in going abroad. I've never even thought about it. First time that question's been posed. I've never felt felt the need or the desire to because there's so much here and so many exciting fungi. That, um, you know it's, it's not felt necessary.
1: Yeah, I've got that's... a
2: mental image of you getting patted down at customs and just spores coming out like a big puff. Oh
1: <laughs> well I did I did bring um, mushrooms back from a market in Spain once and um, was it Spain? Yeah it was Barcelona and I bought these amazing mushrooms and um, I had them in like a brown paper bag in my hand luggage and the customs bloke in Spanish was basically like what is this? What, what are the, what are these? And was really oh like, um, I was like, oh no, oh, oh, I got them at the market. I don't really know how to say that in Spanish very well. And he really like grilled me. And then he went, ah, I'm joking. <laughs> Enjoy them. I bet they're going to make a really nice dinner. <laughs>
3: That's real. I love a little bit of humour <laughs> in a tense place. I love that. How great when you get people who are willing to do that. That's um, very funny that. I think I'll, I, I will say this about, um, you know, like i said a genuine thing that i've never considered going abroad to fungi but we have you know i'm bigging up our own country here but we have wax cap sites are you familiar with the wax caps guys that, that won't be on your radar quite as much being forest yeah. dwellers have you heard of them or know of them
1: i've heard of wax caps but i don't know anything about them
3: yeah so basically they're, they're more of a grassland species and they're one of those that habits uh, trouble because it's, it's got to have been established for over 60 years they're about the, the the grasslands so it's um ancient pastures. Uh, that are sheep graze usually cattle grazed with no fertilizer no industrial farming so those spots are quite few and far between but we have them here and we have the best wax cap sites in europe uh, mm. more sites than something like denmark holland and germany put together and so those mycologists will come here on holiday to look at our wax caps mm-hmm. you know every kid's football training the other day and it's off to a local graveyard because that is ancient grassland too you know even in just mm. they call it god's acre uh. this wonderful acre of ancient la- uh, land where you've got these established relationships and sure enough there's one of the rarest wax caps around and it was just during kids football trainer i thought i've seen enough of that i'll go and have a look at that cemetery i passed on the way here and sure enough there's this beautiful ballerina wax cap this pink uh-huh. one and people come over from abroad to see these specialists so you know they're on our doorstep guys That's you know so don't cool. need to go anywhere just yet is it That's a bit a like top Trump Trumps? do you get do you get kudos for uh, taking a picture of it I, I, yes, of course people do. There's no doubt about it. But again, that, I, that's why I try, if I can, to be a bit more self-deprecating in my tone because no one likes a show off, do they? You know, uh, and, and there's lots of stuff being posted and beautiful porcini. That's one of the king's ones because people love yeah. to eat them as well. And I do too, I must say. I love to find one. I love, I love, I love it when I do, I should say. But it, I, if I just post everything I found all the time, it just look like, oh, there he is again. There he is again. So I'm selective about it. And it might just be something that's cool, often is something a bit rarer because there's so much of everything else anyway. You know, I might've just spotted something that someone hasn't come across just that's through experience, of course. So yeah, there's a lot of kudos for that. Um, and it's really great fun. It's wonderful when uh, someone who's new to it and experienced saying, hi guys, this is one of my first posts, but I found this unusual thing and we all know go, what? That's incredible. We've been waiting <laughs> 10 years and we've still not found it. So there's a, there's, the, it's, it depends how it's done. Of course, like most things in life, it depends how you present it. So yeah. You know but but generally the fungal community like lots of nature people it's not really showing off it's just sharing so mm. yeah there's definitely kudos and then the big michael guys who are good at it it's like how does he keep finding those things <laughs> um but that's because he puts the uh he puts the uh you know the legwork in that's the yeah they're the guys that are doing that, that my biggest bugbear is if people i don't usually say these things out loud but if people say oh you're a jammy bugger oh you lucky guy yeah, as if it's always me that finds them but you know, you don't have any man hours we spend. Some of these guys that are finding, you know, really nice things. There's a lot of man hours that we don't post because that'd be boring.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah. empty
3: fields and empty woods. You know, you've got to be in it to win it, as they say. You yeah. get
2: eight minutes of watching someone walk through the leaves. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise,
3: that suckers like me and join in. Like, oh, what's he going to find? You never
0: know.
2: <laughs> I'd be remiss, yeah. Ali, if we didn't ask you. We've got a particular kind of interest and reverence uh, on the podcast and amongst our listeners um a, for slime mold and just have been a, in awe of slime mold for quite some time is it something that you've looked at or worked with or
3: oh do you know no it's not and i should know more you'd be honestly genuinely because because again there's just there's so many avenues you can go off here and i just try i'm, I'm very much oh I right superficial get me <laughs> i just i've scratched the surface of all of them i love to just know a little bit of that and then i move over there so i've never really done a deep dive on slime molds but i mean the phenomenal like i say you could probably teach me have you done the japanese uh, subway system have you done yeah. that yeah, oh, yeah i mean it's somewhere else uh, well, you'll be interested to know uh, there's a free screening of the creeping garden are you familiar with that no nice. it's a slime mold film i think it's made by an english mycologist called jasper sharp and as part of the UK Fungus Day this Saturday, it's being screened. You do need a ticket, uh, but they're free on Eventbrite because um, mm-hmm. there's always you there's a limit to Zoom, how much mm-hmm. we can put on a screen for everybody. Um, all the other content will be put up afterwards, but I don't know if we'd have the rights to his film. But he's going to be on for a QA and a afterwards. Three can massive slime moulds experts. Oh, wow. <gasps> so I should be with you. So it, it's called The Creeping Garden. I think it's nine o'clock this Saturday night. And then Jasper Sharp, the director, is going to do a Q&A. Uh, and then a guy called Bruce Ng, who's a, a massive slime mold expert and i think we're going to get steve and murray maybe doing a photography workshop or id workshop about slime molds check out yeah. I've, I've made a poster i'll send it to you guys and you can maybe attach it to something all the rundown yeah, of what's going on that weekend so yeah slime molds coming your way so what what what's really caught your eye with them i just love how bizarre they are
1: yeah there's the bizarreness it's the the whole um we're halfway through entangled life by merlin sheldrake at the moment and there's loads of like moments in there which are the same kind of moments that you have with slime mold where you just go it's like a brain explosion you're like but that tips on its head everything i thought i knew about like life and planet earth how how can that be how can you do that without a brain? Where is the brain? How how does that send, You know, what is intelligence and all this kind of stuff? It's just like, yeah.
3: One Isn't that open. wonderful? Well, look, on that same note, we've managed to get Merlin to do a live arts talk in the afternoon, the set afternoon. That's another one. So he's talking oh, yeah. to other artists. His brother, Cosmo Sheldrake, if yeah. you're familiar with him. Yeah. There as well. So we've got these guys all doing a, a live one again. So the, the the tickets have only gone out tonight. People don't know about it yet. So you could probably still get one quite easily. Um, Yeah, so... I mean, there's another thing, Entangled Life. I bought two Mushroom books last week and I I'm not allowed, I can't justify by another, but I've got to get Entangled Life because I'm going to yeah. learn so much from it too. Yeah. I mean, it's getting such good reviews yeah. all over the world. So he's obviously, um, you know, really tapped into people's psyche to understand and awareness. It's fabulous. What a dude. It's yeah. not as funny as your stuff thing. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's why I'm happy, to, I'm happy to leave it for now until he starts taking the care of himself. You know I mean? Unless, unless there's some weird puppet in it. What? Whatever, dude. Uh, whatever. No. We've heard it all before, Merlin. <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, well, I think we'll probably leave you to get on with your evening because it's quite late. But um is there anything else that you want to share? Anything? Because obviously, we'll put links to the UK Fungus Day and to your YouTube star
3: oh thank you yeah that's cool i don't know if i have anything else to say really i've probably talked yeah. too much anyway really no You've been very kind. so thanks no, kind with really your words absolutely, um yeah. there, there are other um yeah i feel like just sharing about other people's expertise you know lots of other people there are some other youtube channels for if you're into edibles and whatever there's some nice ones wild food uk and uh some people make some good stuff um yeah no actually i'm not sure what to say about that but thank you very much for that mm-hmm. all the same um yeah that's it i've had a lovely chat thanks guys thanks for inviting me on and of course if you need any id um you know help just just send me photos i'll always try and give it a go if i can um yeah i'll always give it a go and and, and you're allowed oh this is a little thing for people then it's okay to pick a fungus to identify it especially if there's a bunch of them if it's just one you might want to leave it alone in case it should be something rare you know but but if you i'm really strongly believe in the case of education you need to handle smell look at it and, and so for the purposes of id i often get sent pictures it's just a cat please. i haven't got a clue i can't begin <laughs> to say unless i see the gills and the stem so it's okay to pick because you know if you're washing your hands you should do that as good practice right now anyway mm. and more of the problem it would be pathogens and bacteria than actual danger of touching a poisonous mushroom <laughs> so pick look explore learn from it and if you're taking a picture, definitely do all those things for me or else it's, it's really hard to ID a <laughs> mushroom, but I'll help anyone who sends me a picture. I'll always try and help. Okay. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Ali. Yeah. No worries. Thank you, guys. It's been lovely. And um, I look forward to listening to some of the, uh, your, your other podcasts. I was going through there, what you've done, and I, uh, I need to find some time there. I'm, I'm going to make that part of my morning routine on my way well, to work, okay. try
2: and listen to some of what you guys have been up to. It's been lovely. I've just booked my cre- creeping garden ticket because there aren't many left. So Gemma, do it before we put the podcast I, up. I
1: can't. It's free- it's my daughter's birthday on Saturday, and we're going camping. Okay, in the oh. freezing. So I'm gonna say so you just have to like fill me in. Yeah. Remember well, every funny. single thing about slime mold from the. It's my film. son's
3: birthday on UK fungus day. He always has to miss out. We always have to knock it on a weekend because I'm always doing too much. Oh, so we you to Yeah, you're not you're not committed enough yet, Gemma. Not until this thing's missing <laughs> the campaign. <laughs> Sorry. That, what kind of no? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, brilliant, guys. So will this go out before um the the uh, UK we'll, fungus
2: yeah,
1: day? Yeah, we'll
3: let's we'll do it. put it on this Friday. It's
2: normally sort of. Well, why don't Friday, we do it now, it? Lewis? I can do it sooner than that. Like
1: right now? No, I don't mean Jesus right now. Okay. I mean, let's do it as soon as possible, and then people have got time, haven't they? That'd be yeah. great. There's, There's
3: even a pub quiz fasting. Friday night. A massive sure, pub quiz, that, uh, proper fungi and mushrooms, and I think that's probably going to be very good on the Friday night for people to join in with. Cool. Amazing. Well. Right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, dude. Thanks, guys. Lovely to meet you again. guys. All yeah. the best. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
0: If you like this podcast and want to support more episodes, you can donate through Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash children of the forest to show your support for the Forest School podcast.